Hey friends, it's Becky Kahn here with your 25th episode of Beyond the Cover podcast. And I'm so excited. I know I say that every week, but I truly am excited that you have decided to join me today. We are probably going to be a tad bit scattered, so I'm just going to give you a heads up on that. I am going to talk a little about fathers because today is Father's Day, Daddy's Day, like whatever we want to whatever we want to call it in our households. Um it is a day that we honor our fathers and I would be remiss if I did not um, at least share a little about dads and our heavenly father and what it um, has looked like for me in my life without a father figure and just even some statistics about um, absent fathers in the households and you know what it looks like for dads to stand up and be the dads that they were created to be. So today's going to be a little interesting because I'm not a dad. So let's just put that out there. Um, (laughs) Would be kind of hard for me to be that. But I do have one of the very best fathers in my life. And um, for that's for my children. And that's my husband, Max. So I get to see firsthand what it does look like, what it's supposed to look like to be a great dad, to be a man of God that follows in the footsteps of our Heavenly Father. So I consider that a blessing and an honor. So we're going to dive in today. Um, We're going to talk a little in Genesis because, you know, in the beginning, um, when God created all the things, He also created us. He created people. And Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. So in his own image, some people think, well, does that mean that we look like God? We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, But we are his children, right? And so just like our earthly children look like us, or our earthly children look like their fathers in some ways, they they resemble them, they are a reflection of them. Um, The same is true for us and our earthly fathers. So the verse goes on to say, in the image of God, he created him. So that's us. Male and female, he created them. You know, what's so cool about that is that it goes on, you know, obviously scripture goes on. But one thing that this always makes me jump to whenever I'm reading scripture is the fact that while God created us, he also chose us. And Pastor Matt said something today in his sermon. He said that God chooses us. It's it's so much more than just creating us. And that kind of captivated me because I'm like, yes, that is exactly it. Like, it is one thing, okay, if we're talking about dads, right? Anybody can be anybody can be a father. I mean, at the end of the day, let's just, let's just put that out there. If you are having sexual relations and sorry, if there's children listening, um, my bad, probably should have warned you on that. But if you are having relations with somebody and you conceive a child, you created that child, right? Uh, male, female, whatever you guys created that child, but it's not just about creating the child because once that's, that's done, like, well, well, then what? Like, then you have the option of choosing that child ultimately, because how many children do we have in um, orphanages around the world? How many children do we have in foster homes, just even right here in our community? How many children have been adopted? Um, so forth. You know, they've been chosen by, by other families that are not their biological parents, 
um, but they're still chosen. And so I've always paralleled the two of those. Like while even, even it's not just because God created us that he chose us, like he had the opportunity not to choose us, you know, and, and that, uh, John fifteen sixteen. I'm going to, sorry for the paper rattling. That is where I believe. Yeah. Okay. So John fifteen sixteen says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. These are red letters. Okay. You guys, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command to love each other. So that's actually John 15, 16, and 17. But in the very, very beginning of that passage, you did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you. So one step further from creating us, he also chose us. And how cool as is it that we as parents, we as, um, you know, the fathers of this world get to choose, get to choose their children. You know, it's not just about um, the fathers that are biological fathers. There are so many stepfathers, um, so many adoptive fathers that are standing up and standing in the gap for these children. Some of the statistics, you guys, are insane. Uh, Pastor Matt was actually sharing some of those statistics today, too. But I had found some um, before and I wanted to share some of those with you because it's really kind of startling. Um, I did want to tell you, though, let me see what this says. Um, when we were talking about in God's image, have you ever thought about this? Because, you know, I had mentioned something about us being uh, just where it says that we God created man in his own image. Does that mean that we are, that we actually look like him? And so in the commentary of my study Bible, it says, in what ways are we made in God's image? Okay, so that's a question we ask ourselves. God obviously did not create us create us exactly like himself because God has no physical body. So you just got to think about it even in that way. Instead, we are exact reflections, not exact reflections, but we are reflections of God's glory. Some feel um, for a reason and and some feel for the, um, where am I going with that? It's, it's not, we don't, we, we don't have this image. Let me back up. This reflection is not for just a reason or a season, right? This reflection of God that we are as people, as his children, this is, this is for all kinds of different things like creativity and speech and um, determination, um, like what are some things that we use to, to describe our father and the image of our father? We, we say, you know, that he's, he's all knowing. Well, obviously we're not all knowing, but that's not, that's not about, we, we want to be Christ-like. I am so not gathering my thoughts on this, but I'm trying to articulate. I told my husband today, I said, (laughs) Because sometimes he'll talk to me and I'm trying to explain something and I sound like I'm getting frustrated when I'm trying to explain something to him. And it's almost like it comes across that I'm frustrated with him. But I said, it's not that I'm frustrated with you. It's that I am frustrated because I can't articulate what I am wanting to say. So it's like in my brain, but I cannot get it out into words so that 
it like makes sense. And that's exactly what's happening to me right now. So you guys have to forgive me, but this is, this is it. Cause we don't edit this thing. So this is, this is what we are, but it's not, I, what I'm trying to say is it's not necessarily about like the, the way that we look or the way that we, we perceive, um, what God would look like. Cause there's not a physical, he doesn't have the physical body, right? So it's not about that. It's more about our reflection of, of who God is in a, in a holistic point of view, like what he exhibits in the, the being that he is right. Um, and knowing that, that we are made in God's image and thus share many of the characteristics that, um, that he has. That's what I mean. Like being in his image and having the characteristics of God is more than like looking like our father here on earth is really where I'm trying to go with that, I guess. So anyway, some of these statistics. Um, okay. So this is from, um, let's see, according to U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children 19.7 million children. Let me see if there is a date on this. Um, Looks like this was 2017. I'm sorry. 19.7 million children, more than one in four, live without their father in the home. So more than one in four live without their father in the home. Um, So these are some of the statistics of not having a father in the home. They are four times, these are children that we're talking about, that will grow up to be adults, okay? But they are four times greater, at a four time greater risk of poverty. Four times greater risk of poverty. Um, they're more likely to have behavioral problems, doesn't really give a number there. They're two times, um, two times greater risk of infant mortality, which I just think is insane. They are more likely to go to prison. They're more likely to commit a crime. I actually had a statistic here, and I'm not sure, I can't tell you where this one came from, but I had written it down at one point. 93% of people that are incarcerated are men, and 85% of them have no father figure. Like, what? And I think that that was just a state statistic. Um, So don't, don't look at that nationwide, and obviously I can't tell you where I got that data, but I'm sure that it's fairly accurate. The majority of, of people in prison are men and 85% of, of the men that are in prison had no father figure in their life. You guys, 85% of the men that are in prison had no father figure. That is staggering to me. Staggering. That is insane. Um, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. So, so girls that are in homes without fathers are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think that they're seven times more likely to be teen parents coming from a teen parent? Okay. So let's just be completely transparent there. Um, I grew up in a home without a father figure. My father, I think I've shared this in, in a podcast earlier in this 25 episodes, but my father committed suicide when I was very young. I never knew him. Um, did not have a father figure in the home for a long time. Did have a father figure in the home for a short period of time, and it was not a good situation. It was not a healthy situation. 
and um, things happen that should have never happened. And so from then on out, I still grew up without a father. So for a very short period of time. So for me, the, the picture of what a father should look like was very distorted, was very off center and not rooted in what a father should look like whenever we are talking about someone that reflects our heavenly father. So seven times more likely to become a a teen parent. They're more likely um, faced with abuse and neglect. They are more likely to abuse alcohol and drugs. They're two times more likely to suffer uh, from obesity. Believe that. Like, that's crazy, right? Why do you think that is? (laughs) So I can, another, like, okay, here I am, um, have been obese my whole life. um, But, you know, for me, it was about a protection in growing up. It was a protection of, like, um, number one, comfort, um, but also protection. If I was fat and ugly, then kind of nobody would want me, and I could protect myself from predators or, or being a victim again. And so I think that, I think that's very interesting that two times more likely to suffer from obesity and then two times more likely to drop out of high school, you guys, two times more likely. And all of those statistics are statistics for homes without a father, homes without a father. So I want to, um, obviously point a lot of what we're talking about today back to scripture and I want to give all the dads that are listening because I know that we you know we have all walks of life that listen um, to this podcast which I'm so grateful for but I know that some are some really great dads and I just want to give you like virtual high five right now like can you hear it such a dork. I just want to give you a high five. I want to give you a hug. I want to tell you thank you. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you for being there. Thank you for choosing to be the dad that God created you to be. Because without you, your child could fall into some of these statistics. Now, it's not to say, you guys, that even the that even fall, you know, homes that have fathers in them, that some of these things wouldn't happen to those children, of course, because we have free will and we can choose the path that we take. And sometimes it's not always the best path, you know. Um, And sometimes we have fathers, not that any of the fathers that are listening today, but sometimes we have fathers that are present and they're just crappy. Let's just be honest. Like they're crappy. They're present, but they're crappy. Being present is is a big part of it, um, but it's not it's not all of it. And so, anyway, so let's talk a little bit more about scripture. So, Satan is super creative, and um, when we go back to the beginning again in Genesis, in Genesis three one, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Okay, so let's pause there. Did God really tell you what you think that he told you ultimately? Satan plants these seeds of doubt, right, in her mind, in Eve's mind right there, just like he does that now with us, just the same exact way. So, Satan plants seeds of doubt now, just like he did then with Eve in the garden to begin pulling us away and distracting us from God. Did God really say that? Like how many times have you questioned yourself on whether or not God said something to do something or to not do something? 
How many times, you know? So how much more do you think that this is applicable to our children today? Like we're pulled, we as adults are pulled by the world in so many different ways. But let's, let's think about how our children are pulled. It's literally cool, you guys, to be a rebel. It is, is to fit in is to be popular. So nobody wants to be different. Nobody wants to be stand out above the rest. You know, nobody wants to be that person unless it's being, I don't know, glorified or put on a pedestal for the wrong reasons for selfish gain, you know, to think that, um, it's, it's almost cool to think that your parents are morons and to like share that with, with other kids that are in your circle or whatever, because they chat about these things like being in youth ministry for, um, a a lot of years at this point. Um, I can't tell you how many stories that, that I've heard just in talking with students and, um, they'll get together and they kind of collaborate and it's like, Oh man, I can't believe my mom or my dad made me do this. Yeah, I know. Right. And then they like start sharing these like war stories and it's cool to see who's got like the, the worst story, you know, or whatever. Like it's, it's crazy. And I know it's, it was the same with us growing up, but it's more than that because now, um, it's, like the society today, like glorifies and celebrates all that is like completely opposite of the glory of our heavenly father, right? So everything that we are created, like we will be known by the, by our fruit, like society doesn't want the same fruits (laughs) that we were created for. 100%. We celebrate violence as a society. We celebrate hate, discrimination. And, you know, one, one thing that we celebrate that might throw some of you guys off is independence. We put such as a society, okay, we put such a spotlight on independence that it becomes something that is so sought after and so um, focused on and so glorified when yes, it is great to be independent women. It's great to be independent men and be able to, to make a way for yourself and to be able to, to provide for yourself and for your family. And it's great to be an independent student, uh, you know, an independent young person that can make decisions that can stand firm on their foundation that can, you know, not waver. Like all of those things are super wonderful, but what society has done is taken that a step further. And it's like, you don't need to depend on anybody, but yourself. And that is not what, how God created us. Like we are, we were created to be in, in community with like-minded people. We were created to depend on our heavenly father. Like I am, I, yes, I'm a very independent woman, but I depend a hundred percent on my heavenly father. I could never do this on my own. I could never walk this earth on my own, but that is exactly what society wants our young people to believe. That's exactly what society, this world wants us to believe that we can do this on our own. We don't need anybody. We don't need anything. And whenever that picture is painted, it means that we don't need God either. That's scary. That's a really, really scary place to be. So I want to wrap this back around to like, essentially, um, it's not, it's not about, I don't want this to come across like 
it's about the law and following the law and being able to be, you know, in a relationship with God because you're, you're doing the right things and not doing what God said, uh, or I'm sorry, not doing what the world says to do. I don't want it to paint a picture like that, but I do want to wrap this back around to what it looks like to have a like relationship with God, you know, in a relationship with our earthly father, because we can ask ourselves, like, how can, how can I have, or how can my child have a solid relationship without guilt and shame? Like with, which ultimately we are creating a lot of the guilt and shame ourselves. Um, but how can we have a solid relationship without guilt and shame with God, with that, with God, with our heavenly father, when we are doing everything that grieves his heart. And isn't it the same truth for our kids nowadays that they are grieving the hearts of their earthly fathers, um, the ones that, or the ones that stand in the gap, the, the stepfathers or the fathers that don't have to be there. Um, and ultimately I guess no father has to be there because we all get to choose or all fathers get to choose. But Whenever our our kids are making decisions that grieve the hearts of their earthly fathers, I'm sure that it's the same. Like, I'm sure that they have to feel the same and that how can I have a relationship with them when they're feeling like all of this guilt, all of this shame because, you know, they're living a double life or they're doing everything against what their, their dad has said to do or whatever. But you're sitting there as dad or I'm sitting here as mom, like, just come back to me like I want to hear from you. I want to sit next to you. I want to pull you close. I want to to walk this life with you. And that's exactly what our Heavenly Father is doing. The same thing that you are doing as an earthly father or an earthly mother, like our Heavenly Father is doing. No matter how far we stray, just like for our own, our own children, no matter how far they stray, no matter how far they try to run, we want them to come back. We want to chase after them. Um, there's a song like, I will run, I will run, I will run to you. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter, like, how far gone you are. You are never too far gone for the Heavenly Father. Much like in this world, you are never too far gone to turn back to your earthly father. Um, so, anyway, I just wanted to parallel that relationship because I can imagine that, um, you know, just even being and where I am in life right now, you know, I've got a 13 year old, a 17 year old almost in a week. And then today a 21 year old and to see the seasons that we have gone through, um, is kind of incredible. And it's also incredible to see how very different all of my children are. They are all so different and, um, personalities and just even the way they respond, the way that they carry themselves, like all of the things are just so different, but I love each one of them with my whole heart. You know, I love each one of them so uniquely. Um, there's not a favorite and, you know, they kind of, <laughs> they kind of, uh, tease about that. They're like, surely, I mean, everybody talks about that they have a favorite, but truly like there's not a favorite. And I know for, for Max, there's not, there's not a favorite, you know, it's just like our heavenly father, like there's not a favorite. He loves us. He created us like, and he chose us. He loves us differently. Like in a way, what I mean by that is we are loved. Like we've got different gifts. We have, um, different seasons that we go through different things and are able to 
walk in relationship by our own choosing um, on a different level with God sometimes and, and so forth. But he loves all of us the same and, and we love all of our children the same, but just uniquely, I guess. Um, it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Here it goes again with the, I can't really articulate what I wanted to say, but you feel me, I'm sure. You get what I'm saying. You are picking up what I'm putting down. Like, I just know that it's tough. It is tough to be a parent. It is tough to be a father. It's tough to be a mother. Um, I'm sure that often God's like shaking his head going, oh my goodness, just like we are right here. Um, but he's waiting with open arms and ready to receive us just like we are for our children. So um, I do like in talking about Eve, you know, and, and Satan saying, did God really say that? You know, did he, did, did he really say that you couldn't eat from any tree? Now, no, like if, if she would have stand firm in her ground and saying, no, like he didn't say don't eat from any tree. It was this particular tree, right? Just to like pause and to clarify, right? Um, she would, she, she could have, I guess our whole, <laughs> our whole world would look different, but um, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. My, my thoughts are so everywhere right now. I'll tell you that I have been so super intentional with, um, my walk, my life, uh, my kids, and we can just make what we feel like are, are the right decisions. You know, I I just want to encourage you guys right now. I just want you to we can, we can make decisions that we feel like are the right decisions in the moment and we feel like are best for our children. We feel like are pointing them in the right directions. But ultimately, you know, our kids have free will and they have a mind of their own and they have choices of their own and they have all of these outside influences. So now more than ever, like, just remember, prayer changes everything and you have got to stay on your knees for your children like you have got to pray continually for your children um because you you are everything you are you are the you are their biggest advocate right and so who better than to be the the biggest advocate for them to our heavenly father like just you have no idea how much um, our heavenly father wants to hear from you as fathers and you as mothers about your children, because ultimately they are his, they are his children. And I stay on my knees, you guys, for my kids. Like I, I truly do. There's so many, there's so many ups and downs in parent in parenting. Right. But I stay on my knees for my children. Um, the verse First uh, Thessalonians five seventeen, pray without ceasing. Um, like, how do you do that, right? How do you do that? I believe that that we as parents and the way that we are are wired and are created, um, we do pray without ceasing for our children, constantly on our heart, constantly um, lifting lifting them up, even in those short little moments of, you know, um, 
just saying their name to all the way, you know, pulling out a full on hour and a half prayer about a specific child or, um, you know, encouraging them and then, and then sharing a word with the Lord. Like, I think that it is our best intention. It is exactly what we should be doing and what God wants us to do, but pray without seizing for your children. You are the front lines, you guys. They need us. No matter how much they think that they don't, they need us. So continue to pursue them. Um, yeah. All right. So that's where we are. This week was different. <laughs> I almost feel like I need to apologize to you guys, but you know what? I'm honoring this commitment and I'm going to share what's on my heart. And sometimes I feel like it's super good and super profound and words directly from the Lord himself. And then sometimes I feel like it's just what I'm, what's on my heart and I'm have, I have a hard time articulating it. And this is one of those days. So you're welcome. Um, hopefully you got a little nugget or two and, um, you're able to walk away from this just maybe a little bit better or encouraged than what you were whenever you started listening. So if nothing else, I hope that you leave us today knowing that you are so very, very loved. Until next time, my friends.